Fun Ideas Productions presents the Fun Ideas Podcast. I'm having so much more fun now. I have let them show me how to live their way. This is Mark Arnold. Welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 219. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Freaky Magazine. I contribute material to every issue, so give it a try. Hey kids, have you read Freaky? The magazine of weird humor for freaks like you. Freaky Magazine is a way out collection of weirdo comics, kooky gags, photo funnies, social satire, and surreal collage. 52 pages of insanity in the tradition of magazines of yore like Cracked, Blob, and Zap. Special offer for Fun Ideas listeners, get a free sample copy in the mail, made of smelly newsprint and smudgy ink the old-fashioned way. Just message your mailing address to theslowpoisoner at gmail.com That's theslowpoisoner at gmail.com while supplies last. You remember them from your childhood. Half for the Friendly Ghost, Richie Rich, Hot Stuff, Baby Huey, Sad Sack and Little Audrey. You read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies. Now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions, The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today. Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store. Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself. Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. The revised second edition of my Monkey's Book with Michael A. Ventrella, called Long Title, stars of Walt Disney Productions, and Pac-Man, the first animated TV show based upon a video game, are my latest books out now. Unconditionally Mad and not just Happy Together, the Turtles book, are in production. I'm also working on my TV cartoons at Time Forgot book, plus articles on cancelled Harvey titles, and making contributions to Freaky Magazine. On today's show, we have a multi-talented singer, songwriter, musician, and entertainer discuss Captain Marvel. Here he is, Zorik Lokidra, also known as Captain Zorik. Hi, uh, this is Mark at 
This is Mark Arnold at Fun Ideas Podcast, and today we are going to talk Captain Marvel and all the various versions of them uh, with Captain Zorik. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Glad to be here, finally. Yay. So, I have a book here. It's just one of the many books. I actually am a fan of this version of Captain Marvel. But I know there's the Marvel version. I know there's the one that goes split. I know there's a zillion other ones. How do you make heads or tails out of that? And how did you become a fan? Well, this whole, I've been writing this project called uh, Captain Marvel Culture since uh, shortly after 9-11. Um, what happened was that was also the, the, the early days of the Internet, as we may recall. And I got... Uh, and I was at a job that was down on 17 State Street, which if you ever look at a lower at a picture of lower Manhattan, is that curved glass building that looks like one quarter of a Sapporo can. <laughs> All right. So as you can imagine, after a couple of airplanes fell into a couple of buildings, um, it was one we were. They, they they had to evacuate the whole building and it wasn't for two weeks till they let us come back in and i got lucky in that i decided that that's the day i'm going to go to dmv and re and renew my learner's permit and so i was uh and so i was sitting in my room reading a book about the civil war when i heard what sounded like a either a gunshot or a really loud uh a truck backfire and it wasn't for a half an hour later that i looked out the window and saw the flames well the smoke as it were so i wasn't there i didn't uh, have that trauma but uh the trauma of having to get home uh in that some people took seven hours to get home that day but two weeks later i got to work and i was one of the first people called in and they said well we're gonna have to make some cutbacks but i think you're really gonna like the severance package <laughs> so there I was uh, saying, what am I going to do with my life now? And I saw, oh, there, is, there are things happening in the Internet. There's some there's some folks starting a someone starting a new online university. What do I know that I can teach? And well, um, and I came up a history of uh, I I. Get, put some forward some ideas and someone said why can't why don't you write a history of comic books and i'm like i could and i started that's too big said i <laughs> um so for for an internet university um but why don't i just pick one thing about comic books that'll help me that'll enable me to hit all the high points and low points and so forth and I, there's been more than one captain marvel and so if I just follow the history of the many Captain Marvels, that might be a good way to start. And everybody's getting something wrong about it on the interwebs anyway. So why don't I be the guy who gets it right? Cool. And so I wrote an introduction. I wrote a first chapter. And a month after the 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 website opened, it closed. Mm. So but then I was then I thought, you know, why don't I just do it myself and so i started writing i met a guy at a comic convention who happened to have a couple of bucks and uh and he sponsored the project and uh i got really into it and then uh and then um i was getting into it and then there was this girl and we started going out and then she inspired me 
to do to create uh to create things uh um basically she became a model for a female action hero that she inspired me to create and that led to uh and that led to um going to certain kinds of parties and that led to certain kinds of activities and that led to training in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and that led to uh, um, managing a female wrestling team that both competed and did private sessions and that led to uh, that person discovering that there are a lot more things in the world than what you know when you grow up on the east end of Long Island and I'm going to cut to the chase and say that it's all wrapped up in a story I now call my ex-girlfriend and his wife uh, <laughs> turned it into a country song and as you can imagine and this turned into a business that was actually making a lot of money before uh, before this before it's before I stopped being a part of that business and uh, I'm, you know, not telling any names or leaving out any details to protect the guilty and innocent alike. Mm. But um, as you can imagine, this, this opened a whole new chapter in my life where I was making movies and then uh, going into the world championship of medieval armored combat and then meeting another girl. And then, you know, but then looking at my, looking at uh, realizing that, uh, gee, I missed a few months rent, so I better get a job. And so the project got delayed. Okay. <laughs> and right now I'm finishing, I'm finishing up on a documentary of the world championships, medieval armor combat from 2018 in Scotland. And we don't have time to talk about why that got delayed, but <laughs> once that's done, I'm going to get back on the horse and finish writing the book. But in the meantime, I got, I, I started a YouTube channel and on this YouTube channel, I give, uh, I show videos of the lectures that I give about the subject and uh, reviews of recent things that have happened in Captain Marvel world. Um, I've got a blog spot where I've been actually, uh, you know, giving updates on the histories. And I actually did a chapter and working on a doing a when I'm at work and I don't have much to do at work. I'm like, OK, let me do the next chapter in the history, just brief enough to make a blog entry. <laughs> and so you can actually, I've gotten all the way up to about the Amalgam universe um, with the history of the Captain Marvels through that chapter by chapter. And um, and whenever there's a, a comic convention or something, one of my go-to um, programming contributions is something involving the history of the Captain Marvels. Lately, it's been explaining the Captain Marvels who are in the movies, because I'm, if I'm trying to explain all of them, that's going to take more than an hour. I did it in 27 minutes about 10 years ago. And if you look up the YouTube channel, History of Captain Marvel in 25 minutes or fewer, because fewer is the proper term, um, that's mine. And that's the only history that claims to be the history of all the Captain Marvels that doesn't get stuff wrong. Hmm. so that's how i got into it and that's uh why it's taken so long but the the what i've realized in the course of doing the studies is that you know the name of captain marvel is the most important name of a character in comic book history to look at regarding western popular culture and history because 
unlike your Superman, Batman, Wonder Man, Spider-Man, it's a Wonder Woman, etc., who all evolved over time, but were always the same character. And I'm not going to get into Ben Riley on the spider clones. Face it, Spider-Man was always the same character. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, you know, they were all like, you know, related or clones, or but but it was right. the same Spider-Man was Spider-Man, right? Right. Superman was Superman, even if it was his son. You know, Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman, even if it was uh, her niece. You know, Batman right. was Batman, even if it was Robin, it was still Batman. Even if it was Robin or, or, or Asriel, it was still Batman. Right, right. But every Captain Marvel was created from scratch to serve the market of their day. So just to figure out who is Captain Marvel when and why... You have to look at the history of everything. You got to go all the way. You got to start with like, you know, time, but then you move on and you get to earth and you get to humans and you get to humans creating art and you get to humans creating sequential art. And then you got to get, you got to, uh, and then technology, which leads to printing and then uh, printing and sequential art go together like butter on toast and then the development of the of sequential art and then how printing led to things like magazines and magazines and uh, well newspapers and magazines and newspapers and common strips and then magazines reprinted the comic strips and into comic books and then you got superheroes and you had to go there to to get to hit the publishers of the magazines who created superheroes to get to the first Captain Marvel. Hmm. Which right. the first Captain Marvel is the faucet version, correct? Right, right. I just uh, want to make sure that yeah, this guy, I at least okay. know that fact. <laughs> the guy who was occasionally confused with a with the Flash because Carmine Infantino was a big fan of Captain Marvel, and he says that he that uh, the Silver Age Flash that he designed was basically a, a version of a, ca a character he created called Captain Wiz, based on Wiz comics, and the villains, were, the Rogues Gallery, were the colors of evil. But other folks who are contemporaries of his cast. Uh, uh, cast doubt upon the uh, specific accuracy of that claim. Um, not that Carmine Infantino is Stan Lee with regards to his memory, but that he may be putting himself, may, may be making himself a bigger a part of the history than he really is. But the point is <laughs> that um, it can't be denied that the Silver Age Flash, the modern Flash, mm -hmm. is often confused for this. Yeah. And so whenever I see someone wearing a Flash shirt, I say, hey, look, it's Captain Marvel. And they say, no, it's the Flash. And I say, now you know how I feel. <laughs> I mean, freaking Vice Magazine's What Not to Wear column had a picture of a guy wearing this and said, well, they say the Flash is the fastest man alive, but you don't look like you're going anywhere quickly, buddy. That's <laughs> you know, like, they could have just said, hey, Captain Marvel has the speed of Mercury, but you don't know that you're not going anywhere quickly, buddy. But no. So... And then I got to show you one other thing. Okay. If I find it, if it's still here, hang on a second. This. All right. And what is that? That. Oh, that's, Mar that's Marvel Man, isn't it? This is a Renaissance, a leather Renaissance style doublet inspired by Marvel Comics' first Captain Marvel second costume. Oh, okay. 
But since it's a red leather vest with something with points on it as a logo, I get called Star-Lord at comic conventions. <laughs> Fortunately, at most comic conventions, I can stick my arm out and hit a Star-Lord cosplayer. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I drag him over and I say, okay, everybody, listen up. This is Star-Lord. This is Marvel Comics' first Captain Marvel styled after a... This is Marvel Com... This is Marvel Comics' first Captain Marvel second costume styled in a Renaissance doublet, and that is Star-Lord. And this is the original Captain Marvel. <laughs> then one day, you know, and, and if I'm lucky, there's a guy with a Flash shirt, and I grab him over and say, this is the Flash, this is the original Captain Marvel, this is Marvel Comics' first Captain Marvel second costume styled as a Renaissance doublet, and that's Star-Lord. <laughs> and then one day I'm at a convention and I see a guy in a Flash Gordon shirt. <laughs> so I grab him and I grab a flash and then here comes a star Lord and I grab him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, this is flash Gordon. This is the flash. This is the original captain Marvel. This is Marvel comes first captain Marvel in costume and And this is star Lord. Get your cameras ready. We're going to do it in reverse. Say it with me. Star Lord. And, and <laughs> I wish I had my video rolling. It would totally be on YouTube right now, but you see the confusion. And somebody's yeah. got to set the record straight. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. the irony of it is, you know, with the original Fawcett one, there's all that litigation over the years with DC and Superman. And yet these other things are even closer than the original Captain Marvel or Superman ever were, you know, as far as logos and custom designs and things like that. Kind of interesting. Or how about story, character development, and plot points? Marvel Comics' first Captain Marvel was an alien visitor from another planet disguised as a mild-mannered rocket scientist. Yeah, this one. Yep, <laughs> that guy, right? And he, and um, at this uh, at this uh, rocket at the at the missile base, the rocket base that he was working at, um, which. The background was drawn like it was a southwestern desert, even though they called it the Cape and later said it was Cape Canaveral. Um, <laughs> so obviously that the fact that it, the, that it would be Cape Canaveral was Roy Thomas's idea, not not uh, 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 Stan Lee's, because Stan Lee only wrote the, the first story. But in the second story, Roy Thomas created Carol Danvers, and Carol Danvers was the security chief, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but then... The monster of the week would attack the missile base and uh, Dr. Walter Lawson would disappear and Captain Marvel would show up and defend the uh, the missile base. And, and and so Carol Danvers was saying, there's something strange about uh, Professor Walter Lawson over here. And I don't I don't quite 100 percent trust this guy. And oh, my gosh, here comes the monster of the week. And and uh, here comes Captain Marvel, and he rescues her. He rescues the girl. She falls in love, and then uh, and then he's like, "I I must go," etc. And then Walter Lawson comes in, and he's like, uh, "Hey, sorry guys, what I miss?" Huh? Doctor Lawson, where were you when the monster attacked and Captain Marvel was 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 saving everybody? Oh, that dreamy Captain Marvel, you know, because he's a hero and I take heroes very seriously. <laughs> Does this sound like Superman? No. <laughs> I, uh, all right, fine. Yeah. That's your opinion. But strong female character. Uh, uh, secret identity of superhero. 
superhero. She's in love with the superhero. And she all she doesn't quite trust the secret identity because he's always disappearing when the trouble's around. Yeah, well, that's that's similar. Yes. Okay. I guess. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 All right. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's hot in here. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but then again, that just shows. You know, it's like uh, it's like somebody said. There's only like seven stories in the whole world, and <laughs> you know, Joseph yeah. Campbell has identified the the you know the 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 persistence of myth and how uh, how every culture has its own myths and the and the basics of you know myths and legends and heroic stories and all like that. So. Um, you know, I, you know, uh, when I was, you know, five years, five and six years old, reading Spider-Man, reading Superman, reading Batman, I saw the same things, you know, especially right. Spider-Man, Superman, because here was the wimpy alter ego, the powerful superhero, well, you know, and uh, it was also at a time in which, you know, in the 70s in which... Uh, uh, anti-authoritarianism was a big thing was uh and so spider-man was hunted by the police i happened to catch batman when he was hunted by the police yeah. and i happened to see one of my my first captain america story was one where he was hunted by the police so i thought <laughs> that superheroes were hunted by the police i thought that was the thing yeah <laughs> well at least even the original x-men that was the whole thing on them and well even the later ones too you know it's yeah, like the, the, the uh, later ones before they yeah. were originally they were they were uh uh they were working with the government but yes then they became outlaws yeah yeah and uh and uh i saw uh i got an issue of the freedom fighters were yeah. uh back in the 25 cent comic book days and they were hunted by police so my <laughs> When I was seeing all these stories, I believed that the trope, the superhero trope, that the that to be a superhero, you had to be hunted by the police. <laughs> it's amazing what you see when that's all you see. You see the patterns you see, and that's how people get things wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't know yeah. that Superman was ever hunted by the police, but I had not read that many Superman stories. So there it is. I think eventually but, there were ones. Not yeah. initially. Initially, yeah, it was pretty straightforward. You know, yeah. problem, Superman comes to solve it. I mean, it, you know, you, you see that in the Fleischer cartoons, you know, the pretty basic yeah. story, all the Simon, Simon, uh, the Siegel and Schuster uh, stories kind of follow that same basic pattern, you know, at yeah. least initially during the. Yeah, but I, I had no. Uh, but the, 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 but the, but Perry White always wanted to find out who is this Superman. Yeah. So there was always a mystery. Who is this guy? Now, I had not seen a single Marvel comic Captain Marvel story until the death of Captain Marvel graphic novel. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't aware of whatever Captain Marvel was, although he did have a period where he was hunted by the police uh, late in his green and white costume days before uh roy thomas and gil kane uh turned uh gave him the nega bands and turned him into um and introduced him to rick jones and turned that into a science fiction version of the shazam concept <laughs> where rick jones and marvell would switch places in the in the negative zone and there was lots of uh, existential crisis going on rick jones saying here i am floating in the middle of nowhere marvell let me out well marvell somehow has the serenity even before he became a cosmic space hippie 
to go hanging out in the in the in the uh, in the negative zone while Rick Jones is out there uh, is out there dating girls and trying to make it as a musician and so forth, mm-hmm. you know. But then they were two separate personalities that shared a body and a memory, just like the original Captain Marvel, and that was the point. The original Captain Marvel was two separate people, Billy Batson and Captain Marvel, with separate personalities and shared memories without the existential crisis and, 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 uh, and, uh, uh, mental dilemmas going on in there. Mm-hmm. Cause like they would shop for Christmas presents for each other. Billy <laughs> Batson got fiddlesticks for, uh, for, uh, Captain Marvel. And he's like, Oh, wow. I've always wanted a fiddlestick set. I guess it's must be the kid in me. Captain Marvel got a nice loud tie for, uh, for Billy Batson. Um, but then one time Captain Marvel got a girlfriend. Mm. And he was dating this, he was seeing this girlfriend every night, right? And uh, Billy Batson is like, darn it, Captain Marvel, you're driving me nuts. I need to get sleep because I got to go to work in the morning. Shazam. Oh, Billy, you don't know what it's like to be in love. She's so beautiful. She's so wonderful. You, you just got to let me have this, have this in my life. Shazam. No, oh, she's a gold digger. She just wants you for your fame and for your fame. You can't. You're just too, 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 too starry-eyed to 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 know it to to figure this out. Shazam! Oh, give it a break, Billy Batson. You're just you, yes. They would do that. All right, but then when, and so the original Captain Marvel had the personality and relative maturity of a grown man, as well as the wisdom of Solomon. Although he always, he was shy around women, you know, he was always written as being devastatingly handsome and women would, would, would come up to him and then kiss him on the cheek and he'd blush and all like that, you know, although he did actually go out with Butea Savannah once or twice, uh, that would be the beautiful daughter of Dr. Savannah, as opposed to Georgia Savannah. And I can't believe how old I was before I reckon I realized the pun in that <laughs> Georgia Savannah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Okay, which Roy Thomas hung a lampshade on when he was drawn uh, Captain Marvel shortly before, uh, uh, after the Kree Scroll War, and before um, before uh, Jim Starlin got his hands on him, um, he drew a couple of stories drawn by that Wayne that he had Wayne Boring draw. Wayne mm-hmm. Boring was the famous 1950s artist of Superman. Um, and it didn't quite work. His style didn't quite match, and his, and, and his figure seemed unflexible. The torso was too long and didn't bend. Um, but in those stories, Roy Thomas... Oh, what a cute schmoopy pup. Uh, <laughs> you're, yeah. In, uh, in those stories, Roy, Roy Thomas created a, doc, a Dr. Savannah spelled like the city. Hmm. And a villain named Mr. Mind, spelled M-Y-N-D-E. And, of course, those were, this was right on the eve of DC uh, licensing the original Captain Marvel to, oh my gosh, let me plug in. Hang on. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, where were we? We're talking talking about Savannah and Mind. And yeah, and right, right, right before DC brought right before Shazam, DC licensed so. and revived the original Captain Marvel. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean the connections were abounding there. 
and it's it's always fun to watch and going through the history of the Captain Marvels when they reference each other. Now, mm-hmm. of course, you, you've been saying split Captain Marvel a few times. So as we all know, and <laughs> well, as you and I know, but many people don't, Marvel Comics was not the second publisher to publish a hero named Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. It was this schlockmeister named Myron Fass, who, mm-hmm. uh, if you've ever been to a newsstand in like the early, in like 1981 or something and found a magazine that says, aliens live among us and stuff like that, that was probably <laughs> a one-shot magazine by him where yeah. he gets a bunch of royalty free or, or he pays a couple of bucks to Reuters or whatever and gets a bunch of pictures and uh, and writes a bunch of the uh, of bad science, you know, uh, um, <laughs> uh, quoting Eric Von Daniken and stuff like that. Um, but uh, he had been in the comic book industry during the golden age. And um, he had, he, uh, he was a friend or something with Carl Burgos. Carl Burgos is a guy who created the original Human Torch, mm-hmm. who was an android in a red suit with blonde hair. And in, well, let's see, as as some people know, the, uh, the original Captain Marvel stopped being published in 1953 when Fawcett lost the suit with DC. And I, can, and I want to get into a detail on that that many people miss later. Um, well, and, but... They settled. I'm just going to get to the point where they settled the suit, and part of the agreement was to stop publishing Captain Marvel. And Fawcett Publications went on its merry way as a wildly successful and very diversified uh, magazine publisher. They did not go out of business, like many people think. Right. Um, but uh, let's see. After that, because superheroes had been falling in success, and then the next thing you know, Martian Manhunter, the new Flash, and ne- and the Silver Age of Comics and superheroes begins. And then there's the Justice League. And according to legend, the publisher of DC was talking with the publisher of Marvel about the uh, uh, the success of Justice League. And that was Martin Goodman. And Martin Goodman said to Stanley, give me a superhero team. Now, um, Bob Beerbaum, who's got uh, the Facebook presence and every day just lays out this lots and lots of info about the history of comics because he is like, he was like one of the original comic collectors of all time. Right. Um, and he, so he knew all the people, he talked to all the people, he's collected all the, the all the, uh, you know, conversations and interviews and everything. So the story about the golf conversation probably never happened, but it does, ha- it did happen that, uh, you know, the, uh, first came the flash, then the justice league, then the fantastic four. That mm-hmm. is that is the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. And with the Fantastic Four, um, whatever else you can say about Stanley, good or bad, um, he was a master salesman, a master showman, and that led to the pop art era of comics. And the pop art era of comics uh, can cannot be denied as an inspiration for the Batman TV show. Right. And it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman, the Broadway musical. And... Um, and the fact of in 1966 a whole lot of other comic book companies coming out with superhero comic books harvey was coming out with superheroes archie was coming out with superheroes and myron fast never being a guy to let a trend go (laughs) carl burgos was working for him Mm -hmm. and then in 1966 out came a new comic book called captain marvel 
I'm just trying to see if the box that I have that in is anywhere nearby. Uh, oh well, no, I don't. But you can you yeah. can research and, and and throw this up when you edit. You can throw up a copy of the cover when you whenever you want to. Yeah. Um, and it said inside the front page, based on a character created by Carl Burgos, and he was an android in a red suit with blonde hair. <laughs> Only he was from another planet um, that had that was he was from another planet that was destroyed by uh, by a nuclear war, essentially. And he was sent to Earth to to make sure that this doesn't happen to other worlds, mm-hmm. which is that's that's a Superman slash Moses trope, mm-hmm. a Superman Moses Messiah trope. OK. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and uh, his power was by saying the word split. He could split his arms, uh, split all his all his body parts, right. his head, <laughs> his arms, his fingers, his feet, and so forth. And by saying Zam, X-A-M, he could pull them all back together. Get it? Split Zam. Not Shazam, split Zam. <laughs> and his best friend was a boy named Billy Baxton. Not Batson, Baxton. <laughs> and then one day he fought, he fought this... Uh, this bat-winged supervillain in gray and black called the bat and the very <laughs> next issue he was called the ray and was purple and something um <laughs> so maybe somebody sent a c and d letter or, or just made a phone call and right. let's see um and then on one cover it said this issue introducing plastic man and the very next issue he was elastic man um <laughs> and then there were there was there were other other heroes and villains like Adam Jaw and Doctor Fate and 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 that uh, such obvious ripoffs of names and characters that that that's just absurd. And every issue was a twenty five cent special action issue with more pages than usual. And uh, Michael Uslan, the guy who produced all the Batman movies and big Captain Marvel fan, by the way, um, he didn't want to buy it because it was too. He told me it was too expensive. This was the day of 12 cent comics, mm-hmm. right? Who's going to pay 25, even if it is a special action issue with more pages. And truth to tell, some of the stories were just bizarre. Some of them were just bad. And the art was, eh. it was a different artist almost every issue, but it was always eh, with regards to art <laughs> at its best. The art and the stories were just, whoa, pretty, just way out there. Uh, just like what the, uh, it's mm-hmm. like, you just sit there and go, what mm-hmm. it's like the way you look at certain ai stories today like someone says tell a funny joke to ai and you get the story you get the joke and you just go wait what <laughs> i don't know maybe it was time traveling ai or proto ai or something but whatever <laughs> and so after four issues of captain marvel and two issues of um uh, what was it um um the 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 infamous five against captain marvel look up that title i don't have my book handy um the uh um it stopped all right Mm -hmm. but what's interesting is there is a long delay between the last issue of captain marvel and the first issue and second issue of the 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 uh terrible terrible five captain marvel against the terrible five that's what the title was Mm-hmm. Um, suspiciously long interval, but only a couple of months between the last issue of that Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and the first appearance of Marvel Comics Captain Marvel, 
Marvel superheroes number 12. Hmm. Now, in the official history of Marvel Comics from 1989 or something, Stan Lee says, well, I saw this and I thought we we're Marvel Comics. We should have a Captain Marvel. <laughs> and so I created another one from outer space. <laughs> Roy Thomas, in his introduction to the Marvel Masterworks editions of Captain Marvel um, and, in, and in several other sources, says Martin Goodman saw the Myron Fast Captain Marvel and says, Stan, give me a Captain Marvel. Hmm. Um, however, Roy Thomas more recently said to me in personal conversation and also in an interview I did for him that's on my uh, Captain Marvel Culture YouTube channel where I, I had Jackson Bostwick, who played Captain Marvel, Marvel Comics first, no, who played the original Captain Marvel on television before he got fired and was replaced by John Davey. And Roy Thomas on opposite sides of me. And I was able to get them to talk about their careers and how they became involved in a Captain Marvel. In, uh, and I'm talking, and in Roy Thomas, how he became involved in DC's Captain Marvel and how both of them then ceased to be involved with their particular production companies, Captain Marvel's as parallel stories. It was a masterpiece of interviewing. So you can go <laughs> check that out on youtube.com slash Captain Marvel Culture. But anyway, um, so uh, yeah. A, uh, so Roy Thomas told me that he remembers a lecture that Stan Lee gave to a college or something where he said that there was an animation company, a TV animation company that got in touch with Marvel Comics to create a, an animated cartoon about a superhero created by Captain Marvel, created by Marvel Comics that would be named Captain Marvel that had something to do with outer space because it was 1967 and the space race was on. Maybe Myron Fast got wind of this and decided to throw out a few more issues of Captain of, of his Captain Marvel because after Marvel Comics came out with their Captain Marvel, Myron Fast sued Marvel Comics saying it was trademark infringement. The character was completely different. And in fact, in the case between DC and, and uh, between the company now known as DC and Fawcett, the judge, both in the original trial and in the, uh, the appeal, said <clears throat> the similarities and differences of the character don't matter when you're talking about copyright infringement. What... And the case that case was decided on the basis of what, if anything, was actually copied by Fawcett from anything that DC had done with Superman, meaning stories, meaning covers, meaning pictures. And some people from DC said, yes, it was. Uh, some people from Marvel said, yes, they told me to do it. And some, no, Marvel, Fawcett. Some people from Fawcett said, yes, they told me to do it. And some people from Fawcett said, no, I didn't tell them to do it. But the judge said, get real, come on. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Judge Learned, uh, uh, judge Learned Hand in the appeal says, it's obvious just by looking at it, there was copying. But for, so, so DC wins, but in order to determine damages, you got to actually show instances of copying in order to determine damages. And that's what would have taken all the time. You know, who the hell is going to read through all these issues of Superman and action comics and world's finest and justice league 
uh, uh, Justice Society because he was in there. Uh, mm-hmm. And every issue of Captain Marvel Adventures and Wiz and Marvel Family, um, not to mention the Captain Marvel Jr. and Mary Marvel uh, stories, etc., uh, and America's Finest Comics. Who's going to read through all of these <laughs> page by page, panel by panel, and then take them up in front of a judge to argue? That's why. And superheroes were falling in sales. And so being a successful magazine publisher, Fawcett made the business-wise decision to um, Fawcett made the business-wise decision to pull the plug on their whole comics division, sold off a bunch of their properties to Charlton, including Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, who was renamed and recolored to become uh, Happy the Magic Bunny, with the magic word being Alazam instead of Shazam, and just left the rest of the Marvel family fallow because they weren't, you know, uh, and then I'll get back to what happened to them. But the point being that in that trial, it's not the similarities and differences of characters that determine whether or not a copyright was violated. So Myron Fass couldn't say that your Captain Marvel is similar to my Captain Marvel. He had to say your trademark matches my trademark. The title of a comic book, the title of a publication is a trademark. Great. And so, uh, they settled and, and, uh, uh, what's her name's Marvel Comics gave Myron Fass a few thousand dollars, and that was less than what Myron Fass was even asking for in the first place. And <laughs> it, in the settlement, they secured the trademark, Captain Marvel. Interesting. And so that that brings us to the point of the story where it's 1971 or two, and Carmine Infantino, when I asked him, uh, you know, who, whose decision was it to bring Captain Marvel back? Said so that was me. I hmm. love Captain Marvel. So what? You just, uh, yeah, you just uh, called him up and said, and I said, yeah, I called up Faustin. I said, what would it take to get to, for us to get Captain Marvel? And they said, make us a deal. Frankly, I think they were happy to get rid of him. <laughs> I mean, well, they they couldn't do anything with him. You know, they they weren't going to pay for the the trademark you know what are they going what are we going to do pay 200 dollars for uh, per every 5 years for a trademark we can't even use right. so uh, uh that's why it was available for Myron Fast to use but uh, so they licensed the character to DC Comics and it wasn't until 1991 that DC finally bought the 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 rights outright from okay. Fawcett that's why whenever you see a reprint of an old Fawcett story in a DC comic. There's the Fawcett publications copyright uh, on the splash page. Um, but they already knew we can't put Captain Marvel on the cover because it's a trademark. So what are we going to do? Think, 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 think. Let's see. It's not just the one hero. It's his whole family. And they all get the power by saying or from the by saying the name of or from the wizard Shazam, because of course Captain Marvel Jr. would say Captain Marvel, which means he can't say blah 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 blah. Um, so let's call the comic book Shazam. Let's make the trademark Shazam, all capital letters with an exclamation point. That when drawn out is a lightning bolt with a dot at the bottom. And if you'll notice, whenever you see those little coupons for comic books to subscribe from in, in those DC comics from the 1970s, it's Shazam in all caps with an exclamation point because it's a trademark. And if you'll notice the action figures, the t-shirts, the title of the D of the TV show mm-hmm. was all, was Shazam all capital letters 
with an exclamation point and you flip the box over and it says when billy batson says the magic word he turns into the world's mightiest mortal now if you look close enough and you look at enough boxes you'll actually see on the back it says turns it transforms into captain marvel but that's in small type on the back of the box <laughs> and if you open up the comic book you'll see it still says his name is captain marvel oh, yeah. and if you turn on the tv show you'll say You'll hear the announcer say, with one magic word, he turns in Billy Batson, transforms into Captain Mar Shazam. Billy Batson turns into Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. Because the copyrighted character is named Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. And the name of the character is not a copyrightable thing. A copyright is an expression of an idea. Mm -hmm. It is not a name. So a name can be a trademark, but you can't copyright a name. Hmm. And that's why everybody in the kids, brothers, uncle's dog can come up with Captain Marvel. So long <laughs> as that Captain Marvel is nothing like any Captain Marvel that anyone actually has a copyright of. Hmm. Okay. So um, there's, there's <laughs> someone out there who created a one shot issue with a two page story of Mary miracle. Yeah. Who is a version of Fawcett's Mary Marvel. And as the 75, five-year expiration date on on uh on uh trademark on copyrights expires year by year by year another bunch of faucet comics becomes public domain and so then have you heard of guandana land yeah the guandana library yeah. are yeah. a publisher that collects public domain comic books yeah uh, comic book stories and so every year they can publish some more comic book stories and now uh, you can get from them either custom order or request or something that he already does uh every captain marvel story every Fawcett, every story from Fawcett up to exactly 75 years ago and uh whatever you know and he, he if they can't find the plates, they'll find extant copies of the comic and put them together. And one of the best ones is the, the collection of Mr. Tawny stories, because Mr. Tawny, the talking tiger, in addition to being an everyman and an iconic figure to uh, metaphorically discuss uh, race issues. Um, those were some of the best stories that Otto Bender uh, ever wrote. And the fact that Otto Bender, the guy who wrote the original iRobot, uh, <laughs> happened to have written more more um, stories about any Marvel family characters than anyone else during the Fawcett era um, just shows how connected two things the original Captain Marvel is, as does the fact that I keep on going off on tangents and I forgot what I was originally trying to get to. <laughs> Well, I can ask you a few questions if you don't mind. Uh, and, oh, you know, sure, sure. All right, sure. so let's start at the beginning, or what is considered the beginning. Okay, so um, when they created Captain Marvel for Wiz Comics, there was an yeah. ash can that said Captain Thunder. Why was there confusion or anything with the name way why back did they when? Change the name? Yeah, why? Why did they change the name? All right. Yeah. Captain Thunder's a logical name. He says yeah. Shazam, Thunder, and Lightning. He's got a lightning bolt on his chest. Uh, the the uh, I don't know whether Bill Parker or C.C. Beck was the one who had the idea of making him a military-inspired superhero, but C.C. Beck certainly drew him as one. The jacket flap, um, the cape, which is supposed to be short, which is only supposed to hang off, which is supposed to be hanging off of the left shoulder by default. Those flowery things on the side, that's the brocade that you see on a Napoleonic era cavalryman's jacket, which was worn on the left shoulder as a style. 
Mm-hmm. It's about fashion, which and the cape also happens to evoke the 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 exact cut of a Renaissance era short cloak of a gentleman that he would wear with the with the un, with the string under his armpit. So mm-hmm. it's uh, an interesting combination of two historical fashion elements. But anyway, um, now. And interest that this is both the answer to your question is both um, a story in and of itself and a story of my research. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it being the age of the Internet, I decided, you know, this, there ought to be enough information on the Internet for me to write a book. Um, <laughs> you know, you want to write a book about, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you want to write a book about parakeets. You can go to the library and find out enough to write a pretty good book about parakeets, right? Uh, for for what, to, how to how to raise a parakeet. You know, you can probably write a pretty good book about parakeets by doing it by going to the library. That's how a lot of those books about parakeets get written. Yeah. So, um, so I started looking and looking and looking and looking. How old is this theory that? In the first issue of Jungle Comics from I forget which company, there was a backup story about a Captain Terry Thunder. <laughs> and Jungle Comics was covered dated January 1940. Wiz Comics, the first the issue the first issue of Wish Comic that comics that hit the stands, which is Wiz Comics number two, and there's another story about that that everybody disagrees <laughs> on, is February 1940, which right. means it really probably hit the stands in December 1939. Um, so then if we can assume that Jungle Comics, um, number one, uh, had the same, uh, kind of delay, but they would always put the cover date a couple of months in the future from its newsstand date so that newsstand, uh, owners wouldn't be so quick to say, oh, that's last month's issue and throw them away. Mm -hmm. So that's why it hits December. It says February. So someone who... You know, didn't did when did I put this down? I don't know. It still says February, so I'll leave it up for the rest of the month. Mm-hmm. That's what that's all about. So we can assume that um, if that the company that did Jungle Comics used the same time gap, then that would have come out in November 1940. And just the math doesn't seem to work out for me. Uh, publishing things took a longer time back then than it does now. Right. And, uh, you know, now you can just go down to a copy shop, right? You know, digital print <laughs> on demand, right? And, you know, it's like <laughs> you, could, you could press a button and stop the presses and get it started again in as quickly as it would take for you to edit the publisher program. And I'm probably dating myself by saying it's a publisher program. It's I don't know what it would be now. Um, I still use Publisher 98. Anyway, um, <laughs> so... Uh, so they've got the ash cans out, right, to secure copyright and trademark and whatnot. And they say, and well, first, the first one was going to be called Flash Comics. But then um, one of the two companies now that merged and became DC, because you remember there was Detective Comics and there was All-American Comics. All-American right. Com- Comics came out with the first, they were like an associated company, uh, right. came out with the first two issue of Flash Comics early enough that the folks at Fawcett were able to see it and change the title to Thrill Comics. Then somebody else came out with the Thrilling Comics early <laughs> enough for someone at Fawcett to see it and think, 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 think. Let's see. And I'm not exactly sure. I got to have to look up when in the storyline did Captain Billy, Cal- Captain Wilford H. Fawcett, uh, retired U.S. Army, a.k.a. Captain Billy Fawcett, the founder of uh, Fawcett Comics, uh, died. 
because he died before uh Wiz Comics first came out. And so and what's his name? Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson was out from his the company that he started that became DC Comics before the first issue of Superman came out. And there are debates over how much influence Major Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson had on the development of Superman and how much influence whether he, whether or not it was his decision to put Superman in the first issue of Action Comics. But the point being that <laughs> the founders of two ma- of the two major publishing companies that produced Superman and the original Captain Marvel, who were the two most popular superheroes of the Golden Age, who had such similar powers and later went to war with each other in court, were both gone from their company, one by death, the other by by being screwed over by his creditors, <laughs> before their biggest major editorial comic book contribution hit the stands. Coincidence. All right. All right so... So I I can actually st- I actually like to start the story with two two retired U.S. Army officers, the major and the captain. But we don't have time for that. So it, it's not ringing true to me. And I go over to Jim Steranko, right? See him at conventions a lot, you know. Um, and uh, I say, hey Jim, how, who did you talk to when you wrote your history of comics? Because he wrote a very extensive history of Fawcett of, right. of comics with a whole lot of Fawcett in it. And he said, I talked to the people who were there and I interviewed them and, and back when they were alive, 1970, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and no one mentioned Captain Terry Thunder to me. They all just, the, and so the, the story that he tells is that the editorial staff of Fawcett thought that the name Thunder was too clamorous. Hmm. Uh, that's the word that he used. So they they kicked around some ideas, and uh, Pete Costanza, who inked C.C. Beck's work, and who drew ha- uh, three, let's see, Beck drew three or four stories, and Pete drew the other three. Um, in that first issue was comics, came up with Captain Marvelous, mm. which was a little, you know, a little big, a little clumsy, so Captain Marvel. Mm. And that's how Captain Marvel came. And when I asked PC Hammerlake, you know him? Not. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. I don't know him. Alter, so. Okay, Alter Ego, yep. Alter Ego yep. Magazine, Roy Thomas's Alter Ego Magazine. The backup feature is Fawcett Collections of Fawcett Collections. Okay, that's what I know. Which okay, all right, all right. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's the newsletter that he started, and he was friends with all those guys. Uh, CC Beck gave him a, a sword that he had made, a Shazam sword that he had made. And, uh, you know, he was close personal buddies with uh, uh, Mark Swayze, who drew, drew a lot of stories. Oh, anyway, he sa- he sent to me an excerpt from the, su- the Superman Captain Marvel lawsuit mm-hmm. where editor Ralph Daig said changing the name was my idea. I just didn't like Captain Thunder. So I came up with <laughs> Captain Marvel. Now, is he telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth because he's in court <laughs> or is he or? Is he kind of trying to defend himself for some reason that maybe if they had changed the name due to seeing a superhero in another comic, well, Captain Terry Thunder was an adventurer, not a superhero. But the point being, if he'd seen something in another comic that inspired him, then the the lawyers could have said, look, here's something he admits that he did because he saw it in another comic book. Yeah. So maybe he's defending himself. And I, so I'm looking and the earliest reference in the internet that I can find that is a website dated 2012. And I'm like, that's it. That, that settles it for me between Storenko and to that 2012 website. 
and I can't find anything sooner. And that guy couldn't tell, couldn't remember where he heard it. I'm betting, I'm betting that was just some, that was like, like Victorian historians just making up stuff because it sounds good, even before, without actually doing the research. And that is why so much so we, what we think, what we think we know about the middle ages so much is wrong. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, uh, then as I'm digging into more research, I open up this magazine that was published right about the time that the, the Shazam TV show came on. It's all about the history. And they say that captain, that they changed the name because of captain Terry thunder and jungle comics, number one. And then I find a couple of other sources that are either corroborating or acknowledging that the theory exists. Mm -hmm. Ah, but <laughs> I'm quoting Shakespeare by putting a T at the end. So you don't have to edit that out. Oh, but that's fine. what I said. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, so now I just got to put that into the great unknown. Okay, I, I, I could go and do some more math and I could try to yeah. find out the, 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 the distance in time between the publication of Flash Comics number one and uh, the, the, for the, and the Thrill Comics ash can. The publication of Thrilling Comics number one and the publication of Wiz Comics number one, and see if those if those gaps match the gap between the publication of Jungle Comics number one and Wiz Comics number two. Yeah, and if those gaps correspond, then maybe they did have time to stop the presses, go back, re re letter the yeah. all the Captain Marvel story, and yeah. then send it back to the printer. You know, re-letter and recolor because the the letters in the title were colored, so they'd have to send it to the colorist. Yeah. Um, which alleged uh, and allegedly it wasn't an uh, an art person who did it, but rather some women working for salary, and so just picking whatever color they wanted. Well, yay to the some yay to them for having good color sense for giving them that red suit with the with the golden accents and the white cape. Yeah, so there's that. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt here because the thing that's really odd based on everything you said about all this is if they're trying not to have copyright infringement by seeing things on the stands, there was an actual Marvel Comics published by Timely on the stands in 39. It became Marvel Mystery. Why did they use Captain Marvel at that point, even though they didn't ever have any troubles with it until the 60s? Was it 39 or was it 40? It was 39 when first Marvel Comics came out. So All did right. they just ignore that one and say, we're tired of changing the title, um, Captain Marvel it is, and since it was Timely Comics, they weren't going to say anything at the time, even though they did call it Marvel Comics or Marvel Mystery Comics from issue two forward. You know, well, so. the title of Wiz Comics wasn't Captain Marvel. The title of Wiz Comics was Marvel Comics. Well, the title of Wiz Comics was Wiz Comics. Right, right. But I'm just and talking about the in character. Small you know, but then they had Captain in... Marvel Adventures like a year later or two. You know, yeah, so. they had Captain Marvel Adventures, not Marvel, okay. not Marvel Comics. And it was, but maybe Captain they just Marvel, weren't as too happy or litigious, which which make which brings it back to why did they even care? Why didn't they just go ahead with Captain Thunder or? or... <laughs> Flash well, comics maybe, or whatever. I don't maybe know. Ralph, it's seems kind of maybe, odd. Hmm. Maybe All Ralph right. Day wasn't lying. Yeah. Maybe he really didn't like the title. Maybe they really did think Captain Possible, Thunder was yeah. too famous. And yeah. also, what's so great about Thunder? It's a big now noise that bothers people. Yeah. Well, this is okay. also the thing on your shirt is lightning. Anyway, it's not thunder. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> why however, did they do Captain Lightning? <laughs> yeah. 
However, <laughs> anyway. Marvel was a word in common usage in the period. You can even look at um, what year was Wizard of Oz? 38 or 39? 38, right? Well, filmed at 38, but yeah, it came out in 39. So, yeah. All right. And yeah, the and book, the original book is The Marvelous Wizard of Oz. You're correct. So, yeah. That's right. And yes. and that was that was in like the 1910s or something. That and the, and uh, the alter ego of Oz in the dream portion is Professor Marvel. So, yes. Professor Marvel. <laughs> so, the term Marvel was, was used pretty regular and was yeah. in common usage. Yeah. So... So saying Captain Marvel then would be like saying Captain Awesome today. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that awesome was always the, awesome the, the interesting part about that. So um, now I have one other question I want to get to before we run out of time. But, you know, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we, we got wanna, up to 53. Yeah. Uh, Fawcett stopped. Between 53 and when Myron Foss did it, no one else attempted to do anything according to your research. Not even DC trying to publish it when they stopped in '53. They didn't have any interest at all. Why would not... they? Well, I don't know. It's just I'm just they asking. Just, they just spent a bunch yeah. of money. They just yeah. spent a, spent a bunch of money to stop it. Well, Why because they they they, t they took over uh, titles from Quality Comics and uh, other labels before. So I thought they could have, but maybe it was because superheroes right. weren't well, selling. Quality comics that was that was the Freedom Fighters, right? Uh, they had GI Combat as one, and I can't remember all of them. I had the Quality or, Companion. Or was, or which... was no, I'm no because Charlton Com Blue Beetle and all that, and, yeah. and and Peacemaker and all that. Yeah, Quality Comics was the Freedom Fighters, Earth X. All right, but when did DC pick up Earth X? When did, I when thought it was in the I thought it was in the fifties sometime. I have to look. I have the Quality Comics Companion, but I haven't read it in a while. So, okay. Well, <laughs> anyway. in the fifties, in the fifties, but they got Blackhawk from it, and they got GI Combat from it, and you know a couple others. Right. You know. Yeah, but did they shut down Blackhawk and GI Comic and Phantom Lady and the Freedom Fighters uh, uh, through a lawsuit that they had gone over that had lasted no. over ten years? No. <laughs> They just okay. took the numbering so, over, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I just, I can't see a reasonable case for, yeah. um, for, for, hi, thanks for the $400,000 that you paid us to make us stop, uh, to, to, to make us stop trying to stop you from publishing your most successful comic book. Um, yeah. Now, can we have the character? Well, I man. just don't. Don't see yeah. why anybody would come up with that, and that actually brings me back to one thing that I that I was. Of course, trying they kind of did do was, that just twenty years later, but hey, <laughs> right? Anyway. It, well, here's the thing: how many of the people in upper management of DC Comics were still around who had been there in 1953? I'm pretty sure this is very close to the number. Mm. Okay, and if you don't believe Carmine Infantino, um, then maybe you'll believe Mark Evanier. Mark Evanier worked with, uh, he, you know, he's the guy who writes Grew the Wanderer and a whole bunch of other things. Oh, yeah. And he wrote oh, yeah. the Dungeons and Dragons TV cartoon, which mm -hmm. never, which he insists never got, they never found their way home. That's a Mandela effect thing. Um, he worked with Jack Kirby. Right. And Jack Kirby had just gone to DC Comics in the early 70s. Mm -hmm. You know, he was doing OMAC and Commandy and so forth.
right. you know, uh, in his trend of in his trend of science fiction, near future stories of a loner against the world. Right. <laughs> it was his idea to license or or resurrect a bunch of characters from other companies and uh i'll write them or i'll edit them said jack and we can have our artists draw them and one of them will be the original captain marvel and you may recall simon and kirby wrote and drew the uh first issue of captain marvel adventures over a period of two weeks in -hmm. a hotel room well where they spent the nights after going after uh after spending the day in Marvel's offices doing Captain America. And at the end of that, they were saying they were offered the opportunity to sign their work. And uh, according to uh, Joe Simon in his book, the comic book makers, you know, you know, this thing's going to crash. This thing's going to bomb. Let's not sign it. And boy, were they wrong. And speculators (laughs) like to think if Simon and Kirby had done Captain America, Captain Marvel, instead of, uh, instead of um, uh, Otto Binder, how different would it have been? Mm. But um, uh, so it was Jack. So if you don't believe Carmen Infantino is Jack Kirby's idea, Carmen Infantino may still have been the guy to make the phone call to Fawcett, but it was Jack Kirby's idea to bring him back. Jack Kirby was not involved in the lawsuit on any side of the issue at the time. So he didn't have an ax to grind. He just liked the character and thought that there was an audience for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is interesting to note that Otto Bender, who was one of the folks who got the layoff, who got laid off by Fawcett when they shut down their comics, wound up working for DC and writing a lot, a lot, a lot of Superman stories and creating <laughs> characters like uh, Crypto, the the Super Dog, and the uh, Legion of Superheroes, mm-hmm. and uh, developing the Superboy character and right. Linda Danvers, Supergirl, and why. Does Linda Danvers, whose Kryptonian name is Kara, making her Kara Danvers, have such a similar name as Marvel Comics Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers? And Roy (laughs) Thomas says, I don't know where I got the Danvers name. I admit it's not common, but I wasn't thinking about DC Supergirl. (laughs) What are you going to do? Wow. You know, I looked it up. Danvers is the name of a town somewhere. Um, You know, that's when you just search, search it. So there's, you know, and so people and so now people are saying that Marvel was deliberately trying to create a Supergirl when they created Carol Danvers. But then Carol Danvers was not Ms. Marvel until 1977, 10 full years after she was created. So you really can't, that, that'd be a long-term plan for someone in 1967 to have. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, Roy Thomas stopped writing Captain Marvel, you know, after I don't know, a half dozen some odd issues, you can look that up. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Carol Danvers persisted as a character, kept on coming back, involved in the Kree scroll war here and there. And uh, it wasn't until 19, uh, 1977 that Marvel Comics created his first feminist superhero, Ms. Marvel, wearing a bathing suit with a belly button cut out, belly yeah. button and lower butt, lower <laughs> back cut out, and schizophrenia. Um, so, in my personal opinion, Marvel Comics' second Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, uh, who was created by Roger Stern, um, at least partly because his wife said, Hey, you know, Captain Marvel's not a gender-specific name, and we don't have too many female characters, and we don't have any black female characters. I don't know if that was his wife's 
uh, idea or his idea, but mm -hmm. it was 1982. And, and if you don't have a black something in everything, then you've missed the boat. And uh, so they created uh, Monica Rambeau. And I find Monica Rambeau a better feminist role model than the 1977 version of Ms. Marvel, which by the way is Ms. MS with a period, not Miss. And for those who don't know, Miss means I'm not married. Mrs. means I am married. Mr. means it's none of your business whether I'm married. Now, why don't women have an equivalent to Mr.? So somebody invented MS with a period pronounced Ms. and means it's none of your business that whether or not I'm married. And the first issue of Ms. Magazine in 1972 had guess what superhero on the cover? Wonder Woman. <laughs> there you go. So Marvel <laughs> Comics needed a Wonder Woman and it took them yes. five years to come up with Ms. Marvel and I didn't. But frankly, because Monica Rambeau was a female harbor cop, was a was a New Orleans Harbor Patrol cop lieutenant facing a glass ceiling. It was gender, not racism, because her boss was black and became a superhero and became a damn good superhero mm -hmm. who did the research when she became a member of the Avengers, figured out the powers and abilities and trends of all the enemies and was able to say, this one hates pickles. So you get the lights, you get the curtains and you captain pickle throw pickles at them and, or whatever it would take to, to, to beat them. <laughs> and Roger Stern was absolutely right to be pissed off when Marvel comics decided we got to bring, we want to bring captain America back as the leader of the Avengers and so, wait a minute! You're taking our our most powerful uh, black our most powerful black superhero, a black female superhero in our sec. Well, I don't know if Avengers was selling better than X Men at the time. We can look that up. But in our first or second best selling team book, she's mm. our first or best selling black female superhero, and you're gonna take her away from being leader of the Avengers. And so he quit the book because of that, and. You know, and uh, and, you know, there 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 is a YouTube video out there about the racist history of Marvel of Captain Marvel. And <laughs> they're reading too much into it. Is that was there a racist element to what they did with her? Was it accident? Was it was it uh, they didn't quite realize what they were doing because there is a racist history in cap in because racism hits Captain Marvel in several places, right. pre politics blues versus the whites blatant right out there uh right out there right just it comes right out there um in the original captain marvels somebody uh created a character uh named steamboat who was billy bat who was an independent businessman with a hot dog and hamburger cart uh who uh that got destroyed in captain marvel adventure and he got a job with Wiz comics being billy batson's valet and also shared an apartment with him um and and but he was a demeaning stereotype of the worst kind speaking speaking in dialect being comic relief and the much of the comedy being on him being half step less intelligent than the average human and lips that were more than half the size of his face till mm -hmm. finally a bunch of social justice warrior school kids and this is this is the honest definition of the term before it was ever used not the derisive term used by people whose politics i don't agree with um came up to the faucet <laughs> offices in new york city and 
they were like, yeah, we're trying to appeal to a black audience and get pe black people to buy our soup, buy our Captain Marvel comics. And they basically just held up a picture of Steamboat and said, really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and the ironic thing is, Fawcett Comics also published the first issue of Negro Romance, mm -hmm. uh, in which realistically, realistically for comic by comic book standards, drawn black people were the characters. And in Ball, I think it was Baldo the Boy Magician. I, I may be pronouncing the name wrong. Um, his best friend, Adam John Smith, was a realistically for comic books drawn black person with reasonable intelligence mm -hmm. you know with normal person until i don't want to say average because as uh robert as um um what's his name the guy from american splendor said average is dumb man but normal <laughs> human intelligence um you know so it was a harvey picard <laughs> right harvey picard <laughs> But then when, but 1947, <laughs> the same year that both football and baseball broke the color line, uh, yeah. broke the color barrier, Otto Bender wrote, Mr. Tony gets a new home, only he finds out that his home is in an exclusive neighborhood, a restricted neighborhood. <laughs> and we got a petition that says we don't want this undesirable person here. And Captain Marvel said, there's nothing I hate more than prejudice and discrimination. So you're going to stay, Mr. Tony. And uh, the thing is, when you've got a tiger, a beloved tiger at that, people can't say well i can discount that story because it's a black guy and black guys don't deserve the same rights as white people do it's a beloved tiger <laughs> okay so daddy daddy it's wrong to have people who are different from us excluded from our neighborhood but he's he's mr tawny <laughs> <laughs> okay and yes um they didn't introduce racism as a topic in any monica rambeau story until a one-shot issue probably done to secure a trademark um before the create before the introduction of Genesville in the in 1992 in which uh, monica rambeau uh had to deal with racism on college campuses but the fact that they had a black female superhero who neither had the name woman, girl, lass, it's miss, missus, or whatever as part of her name, and didn't mm -hmm. have the word black as a part of their name, and wasn't involved in any stories involving racism is the the is like what we're going for. <laughs> okay. And they shut it down. You know, and every successive Marvel Captain Marvel has had a direct connection to that original Captain Marvel, either by being his cloned son or cloned daughter or from the Kree race in an alternate universe or being a genetically altered scroll. Uh, you know, Monica Rambeau was the only Captain Marvel who was not who's only who's was not connected to the original to Marvel Comics Captain Marvel uh, in any way. Hmm. Except that the Mardi Gras costume that she turned into her superhero costume happened to have a black multi-pointed star on it that evoked Star Lord. <laughs> the Marvel. Yeah. The Marvel star. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but it is also funny, and they hung a lampshade <laughs> on it that both Monica Rambeau and Carol Danvers Captain Marvel uh have had multiple names and they even uh, yeah it's like what are you doing taking my name well how many names have you had captain marvel photon pulsar spectrum monica rambo all right yeah sure i've had a few ms marvel warbirds binary and captain marvel <laughs> carol danvers 
<laughs> I, gotcha. I hope the book <laughs> explains all this in detail yes. that you're working and, on. And then what was neat in that story was to yeah. defeat the villain of that story. Yeah. See, Monica Rambeau is actually not human anymore. She is energy. That's what the radiation did to her. Mm -hmm. So as energy, she can actually... Uh, energy, the electromagnetic spectrum, waves of and particles, depending upon what, depending upon why you care whether or not it's a wave or a particle, mm -hmm. uh, of the electromagnetic spectrum, on the electromagnetic spectrum, are in our bodies. Okay, mm -hmm. visible light bounces off, but like gamma rays, alpha rays, they're in there. All right, ultraviolet, infrared. So all she had to do was become. Uh, was turn herself into her an electromagnetic form rather than a solid human form and be a part of Carol Danvers' body. Mm -hmm. And with the two of them together, with the two powers together, they were able to defeat the villain of the month. Mm -hmm. And then when they got out, um, Monica Rambeau was like, um, uh, said some, this is not what she said. I'm just going to say something that comes off the top of my head that gets a point across. And uh, um, said something like, and by the way, I think that guy's cute too. <laughs> and Carol Dan was like, what? Don't you remember? For a moment, I was you. Hmm. Every part of her includes the brain. So I just thought that was a neat bit to throw in mm -hmm. that all that. So, so, you know, and I really, really, really do appreciate that um, Marvel Comics. Captain Marvel 2 is now incorporating Monica Rambeau and uh, Kamala Khan, the new Ms. Marvel. And now a lot of the people whose politics I don't agree with are saying things like, oh, that shows that the Brie Larson hate is real. Well, personally, yeah. I, I'm a fan of the Big Red Cheese, but I also like a little Brie. But I'm pumped. Anyway, uh, and so therefore, <laughs> and it's so embarrassing that they had to replace her in the cartoon. No, she was busy and couldn't do the voice of her character in the cartoon. So they got someone else. It happens all the fucking time. Uh, and so <laughs> they had to change it to Marvels and they had to bring in Monica Rambeau. Well, of course, Monica, because Monica Rambeau is actually a popular character amongst an underserved member of the comic reading audience uh an underserved portion of the comic reading audience so everybody had been saying if you're going to bring in captain marvel you got to bring in all the captain marvels and that's why they brought in monica rambo's mom and brought in monica rambo as a character and so they had to bring her into, into one division and introduce her and bring her captain marvel so of course they're all going to be in the freaking marvels movie and 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 frack you all for making me have to consider this when i see this movie so that i can't write an honest freaking review <laughs> and if you go to and if you go to the Captain Marvel Culture blog spot, then you'll see my review of uh you'll see my I forget if it was the review I wrote of Captain Marvel or the review review I wrote of Avengers Endgame, but I think it was the review of the of Avengers Endgame. And the first line is frack you all <laughs> for the amount of time I have to spend on dealing with your socio-politically motivated um, uh, uh, um, conspiracies, <laughs> okay, <laughs> against Marvel Comics putting uh, Marvel's given female characters good screen time and given Brie Larson the role of of their Captain Marvel and and putting her in a movie and making her that powerful. 
mm-hmm. you know, and and that scene where you have all the female, all the power, all the females there on the battlefield saying to Captain Marvel, "We got this," and I'm getting misty. I just thinking about it. It's like that movie was the all star game. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know you you know it's not so much the World Series because in the World Series you see the two best teams. In the All Star game, you see all the best, best players. players. Yeah. All right. So yes, there are fans of female superheroes, and no, there aren't as many as there are fans of male superheroes. But if they only fed male superheroes, they'd lose a big chunk of their business. All right. Mm-hmm. And all you folks. Who are saying boycott because boycott because uh, because uh, they're woke go woke go broke? Um, well, first off, I looked, and in the same months in which the Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel comics declined in sales mm-hmm. um, over a period of six months, or the same six months, a Conan comic book and a Punisher comic book, who had pretty much equivalent numbers at the start had the, the pretty much the exact same decline at the bottom so that merely proves that number ones and number sixes in those six months tended to decline in sales which is why companies come out with come out with number one issues every year so that everybody has to buy a new number one and because we're talking about captain marvel i have to talk about this which means that which goes to show that just to figure out who is captain marvel when and why you have to talk about everything yes <laughs> social political uh, social political or pop culture trend in the past 100 years i will find you a captain marvel or more than one the anti communist witch hunts of the 1950s i can find you 3 <laughs> So somebody's got to write this book. Why not me? So <laughs> since you are writing the book, I, um, when is it expected or when do you expect to complete it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel a little bit sometimes like I, who's been, who, who died sometime back, who wanted to make the turn a mountain into a statue of crazy horse. You know, it's just, it's like, yeah, you set off a, you, when the, the uh, you set off some fireworks when some tourists are in town and, and then you spend the rest of the time, uh, you know, raising money to buy the next batch of fireworks or whatever, uh, you know, the explosives, you know, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Go look up statue of crazy horse. Okay. Uh, it was, it was, it was this guy's answer to Mount Rushmore. Okay. All right. And he was on real people or something. And that was the story about him and tourists show up and boom, there goes another chunk of the mountain, but he's got a long way to go to finish. And sometimes I feel like that because it's like, okay, so let's write another blog post. Let's go make a, let's go make a pamphlet that outlines the history and sell it at comic book conventions to make money. No, no, not just a pamphlet. Let's actually make it a magazine and do like, a collage picture around the words and oh wow this is actually really good you know like sort of like arlen schumer makes makes his uh visual like like arlen schumer's uh uh book about silver age comics mm-hmm. um i'm not arlen schumer level so i didn't do exactly his technique but the point was there's a whole lot of this story's got to be told with pictures it's about a comic book yeah and you know and i can put a picture of uh of uh, senator joe mccarthy right over that picture of senator j uh, uh braddock in the uh alien activities commission and show the connection between the anti-communist witch hunts of the 1950s and the crease scroll war 
if I just do this. And so now I've got two and a half of a three-part miniseries that outlines the whole history without going into too much depth. Uh, and that's what I do at conventions. I sell these I sell these pamphlets so that people can read the story. Uh, the book is going to be a lot bigger. Um, if I could quit my job and just do this, um, let's see, I'd have the uh, American Nights 2018 done. What's this now, June? Have it done. If I could quit my job today. <laughs> and I didn't have to take care of my mom, who's who's dis- who's uh, uh, transitioning into Alzheimer's. We're gonna say, mm. and I didn't have an ongoing legal battle against my Brooklyn landlords, and uh, <laughs> several other uh, several other things going on in my life. Then I would have American Nights 2018 done by Jan- but done by by July, as it is, it's such a big product. I had to do it in four separate discs and I'm sending them out like a subscription. And I got the first two, I'm almost done with the second, with the third. Um, I would have that done by the end of the July and I have the book done by, 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 by Christmas or maybe, you know, maybe Valentine's day the next year. <laughs> uh, but what I'm basically going to do is, you know, I'm going to try to get, uh, uh, I'm going to try to get, uh, I'm going to try to, I was going to try to get disc one done today, but that's not going to happen. Uh, disc three. I'm going to try to get disc three done by the end of the, by the end of what's today, Sunday, by the end of the week, get disc, <laughs> four, get disc four done uh, by the end of July or August at the latest. Now let's be realistic by the end of August. going to hit it. I'm going to hit Captain Marvel in September, Captain Marvel culture in September. I'm going to try to every, do a chapter a month. It's probably going to be 20 something chapters. Hopefully I can make some months be more than two chapters. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I can get, I can, you know, and do it, do it like subscription style. Just, okay, this is this chapter. That's that chapter. That's that chapter. So you're not waiting for a whole book hmm. and, uh, you know, put it out like a, like a publication. And my, my sponsor has agreed that that's a good plan. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, and, and, Kudos to you, Evan is really in for putting up that money and for putting up with me. Um, he also did make a little money off of that female wrestling team, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So I'm I'm looking at next year for those issues to be coming out. All right. Well, I mean, as long as you continue working on it. I mean, I I turned in my history of Mad Book earlier this year. It's supposed to oh, come out this year. Cool. But yeah. it took me, it's the longest period I've ever worked on a single project. It took me over four years. So it's like, I get it. And the trouble <laughs> is, with every month that goes by, you got to add another chapter. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I it's, have- it's continuing on forever. You know, it's like, you know, there'll be three more new Captain Marvels by the time you get the book. <laughs> you know, if I didn't, I wanted to have that book out by the by the time the movie the 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 year of Shazam and Captain Marvel movies came out so bad. Yeah, but when those years were coming around, uh, I was working two jobs. Yeah, uh, you know, I was working forty hours a week, so I was doing the blogs. I was doing the blog spot thing during those years and my night job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but uh, I was doing the blog spot and I was doing some videos during those years. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we just gotta, we just gotta keep on keeping on, you know, and, and certain Captain Marvels inspire me to that, not the original Captain Marvel, cause he's got the statement of Atlas, so it's not a challenge to him. <laughs> All right. You know, not the split Captain Marvel, cause he, <laughs> he, he does, you know, he could, he could send his right arm to go shopping while his left arm wrote a book. 
Um, <laughs> uh, not Marvell because he had too many uh, uh, existential because his challenges were all you know like existential and stuff like that. Well, mine is also too, but not to the degree of being his best self, but rather. Um, what am I supposed to do with my life? That was his existential problem a lot, which is also mine, but not as far as this goes. Um, this is uh, this is what I have to do with my life. It's just getting to it. Marvell didn't know what to do, but I do. I just have to get to it. Yeah. So, you know, Monica Rambeau, she was on the ball all the time. So which uh, Novar was just... Uh, Novar was is a is a uh, is a is a millennial. It, it, so all all his issues are are teenage millennial issues. The scroll, how can you identify with a genetically altered scroll who who went too far? Who <laughs> they went too far and can't believe what and will not believe you when you tell him that he's something else? Oh frack! <laughs> oh frack! I just made a metaphorical argument against transgender, and I'm not going to explain it because <laughs> I am I am 100% on the trans side that transgender is thanks. So I'm not going to explain how Novar is a metaphor that can be used against transgender. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, all right. Um, so, and then who else we got? Um, Janice Bell. Janice Bell is the tortured, is the most tragic superhero of all time. Um, well, first, he was trying to live up to the legacy of his father. Now, my father was an artist of moderate renown. Uh, uh, renown. Um, every once in a while, a painting is goes up on auction, and people seek me out, and they find, you know, are you the son of CJP Lakuta? Because... <laughs> Uh, you know, I found a picture of him on your website. Yep, that's my dad. The, my name is Lakidra. His is Lakudra. My mom changed it for numerological purposes. And uh, no, that's not my mom in your painting. Uh, you know, stuff like that. And I don't know how he got to St. <laughs> Thomas in 1972 because my mom kicked him out in 1969. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Um, but he wasn't a he wasn't a King Arthur movie, and now I'm a big time medievalist, and uh, so I have a picture of me holding my helmet in armor, just like the picture of him that he included in a picture of a French book called Le Chevalier de Le Chevalier de the Knights of the Crusades. Sorry, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm too dehydrated to pronounce French. Um, the Knights of the Crusade. So, so that's all I've already inherited that legacy from my dad. Um, but I didn't go into my into the future and find out that my son was going to be an evil intergalactic time span, uh, an evil intergalactic dictator. And I did not decide to go back in time and live my life until I had my son. And then I killed him in his crib so that he wouldn't become <laughs> an evil dictator. So, you know, so Janice Bell actually did the kill Hitler as a baby thing. <laughs> and the supervillain that he defeated in the process was not his son, but the Magus. And you're going to have to look into, uh, look into, um, Adam Warlock in order to know who the Magus is, but mm -hmm. Adam Warlock is a Captain Marvel adjacent character for several reasons, not the least of which both Roy Thomas and Gil Kane and Jim Starlin worked on him 
and similar periods in comic book history. But anyway, um, and the Megas said, so yeah, my plans for intergalactic conquest failed and all, and uh, all you had to do was destroy any chance of happiness in your life. Well, I guess this wasn't such a bad day for me after all. So <laughs> I don't have that on my conscience. So um, who's left? Carol Danvers. <laughs> in the house of M, her best friend, um, Wanda, Scarlet Witch, turn, uh, created the world, the world, the universe in which mutants were taken over. And in that world, one human, Carol Danvers, was Captain Marvel, the world's greatest hero. She was the Superman of that world. Mm -hmm. And when the House of M ended, she came back along with a cat and a supervillain from that other universe, but with full memory of the House of M, unlike most everybody else. I think her and Wolverine, and that's about it. Because mm -hmm. Wolverine, right? Okay. And, <laughs> um, and there is a connection to the X-Men. But no, I'm not going into that now. Please. Um, <laughs> I, gave, I dropped X-Men on the fourth Jean Grey, okay? Um, anyway, so she's like, if I was the best cat, my best self there, why can't I be my best self? Why can't I be the greatest superhero in the world today? And she's always going. And during that period, that Ms. Marvel period, that post-House of N Ms. Marvel period, and even to today, uh, well, during then especially, she was always going a little bit further than she was capable, a little bit further, overachieving, even if she failed. Because, you know, if you shoot, you know, you may shoot for the stars, but you land on the roof. But if you never even jump, where are you going to go? Mm -hmm. And so when I think of that, and she's chasing past that alien warship or whatever it is, and she's calling Captain America, and Captain America's beating up on AIM people and saying, uh, look, I'm kind of busy right now, but call Fantastic Four. They can help you. And it's like, wait, what? I? Oh, no, I dropped my cell phone. Fuck it. I'm just going after them. Frack it. I'm just going after them. Edit that. All right. That's okay. um, you know, so that, you know, so when I'm here and I'm entertaining and I, am I being a pretty good person here right now? I think so. Okay. I mean, like I'm entertaining you. Mm -hmm. I'm educating you. Yes. Um, you know, um, and that's what I want to do with myself. I want to entertain by education. I want to educate by entertainment. I want to people walk. I want people to walk away from me knowing something else about the world. And maybe, just maybe, by knowing something else about the world, they can say, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" <laughs> if that's true, then why am I not doing what I really want to do here? <laughs> and that was why I put on the armor and picked up the sword and joined the first USA team to fight in the world championships in medieval armored combat. Because despite, you know, 30 years in the SCA, you know, I hadn't become king. I hadn't become a knight or anything. But uh, with the female wrestling team, I had broken through a whole bunch of comfort zones to train and compete in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and then make a movie several movies it was called cz redemption uh no it was called the redemption it was called redemption the redemption of captain zorik find out what you're worth because when you turn in your tokens 
out that you want to ski ball, you find out what they're worth. That's what redemption is. That's what redemption is. It's when you find out what you're worth. And so, um, and CZ Redemption is the name of the YouTube channel. That's a plug, youtube.com slash CZ Redemption. It's easy to remember, CZ Redemption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, the redemption of Captain Zorak. And, uh, um, you know, and that was that was the lemonades. That was the lemonade I made out of the lemons of the of the of my time with the female wrestling team. That and the country song, my ex girlfriend and his wife. But you know, I've done all this, right? You know, so here's an opportunity to be the first at something, break out of a comfort zone, fight in armor with steel, and rules where you can punch and kick and grapple, and the only hit that counts is when you hit the ground. And I can be with the USA team at the World Championship of it. All right, I'm hitting the gym. I'm changing my diet. I'm going to work really, really, really hard. And I'm going to exhaust myself. And I knock myself out. I went from being able to do almost two bench presses of 135 pounds to being able to do three sets of 10. Mm. Okay. Before I got out there, you know, I was one of the better fighters with single sword. Uh, I was uh, with long sword. Um, I was, uh, I was one of the last, the last guy that on the field, whether we won or lost several (laughs) times. All right. Um, (laughs) You know, and and then I started making movies about that too. Uh, American Knights. Uh, you uh, look up the YouTube channel, uh, New York Knights Combat. YouTube.com slash New York Knights Combat One, and you'll see the movies I'm making and highlights from the movies I'm making, promos for the music, movies I'm making, fundraise for the movies I'm making. And if you're watching this, I want you to say, look, if he can work that hard to do what he believes in and do what he would do what he really wants to do. How hard can I work to really do what I want to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. that's what I want to make people walk away from me saying. And 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 want to be their best person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's 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 what's all, that's what Captain Marvel means to me. Very cool. All right, let's <laughs> leave it at that. We've talked for well over an hour. Um, yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Um, makes for a great show. And I am looking forward to whatever you turn out as far as Captain Marvel, if it's in chapters or a full book or both. Uh, because, you know, the story always fascinates me. You know, I, I've been a fan since the Shazam days of the mid-70s. And, you know, I took it from there. So, all right. Um, I want to thank you, Captain Zorik, for being my special guest today. Thank you. That was it. That was uh, that was uh, Joe Franklin who gave me that name. But I'll tell tell that story another time. All right, sounds good. And we'll have you back to talk about something else, maybe, um, because you have other topics we were talking about beforehand. And Absolutely. I want to thank you for being on the show and being my special guest. And uh, thank uh, you for that... thank you for having me. Thank you for your tolerance, and thank you for putting <laughs> up with all these missed uh, appointments. And we got it done. Okay. And. Uh, <laughs> This is Mark Arnold with another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast, and we'll see you next time. You bet some Red Rider. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Zurek Lakidra, for being my special guest. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 220 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. 
Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2022. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.